Yeah, man, finding instrumentals, I feel like, is uh, is a big barrel you can really dive deep into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout-outs to, to the Barrel Twins, Westman alumni, oh. uh, Winnipeg basketball. Oh, oh, that, the, oh, oh, the Burrell Twins. The Burrell, Barrel, Burrell. Yeah. You got it. Shouts to Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Burrell from uh, The Wire. I believe that's his name. Still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it. Nope. You're, you're missing out. Nope. Living under a dumpster. I I don't know. It's one of those shows that I feel like I really need to put some time and investment into. Yep. Not that spot in my life where I feel like I can just dive into The Wire. Fair enough. Yeah. No, it's a commitment for sure. Um, You know what we can dive into? <laughs> I mean, there's a few things. Uh, <laughs> I'm all ears, man. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, we're about to nosedive into some NBA basketball, my hey, friend. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Runs on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Suraj Canada, joined by Neil Noonan. We are talking basketball. And uh, hey, shout outs to Neil Noonan for uh, controlling the aux cord. Uh, he will be providing the uh, sick beats, the uh, flames. Good first beat, right? Goosebumps. That's Pretty classic. Right? I got goosebumps just thinking about it. There we go. There we go. Travis Scott's on one right now, anyway. So true. Hey, it's uh, it's November fifth. This will come on November seventh. Uh, what's going on? What are we talking about? Yeah, shout out to UMFM one hundred one point five here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah, we are recording on a Monday as we do, and uh, this episode will go live on a Wednesday. So we'll miss everything in the NBA tonight and tomorrow. But uh, it's all good. What I really wanted to come into the studio today and talk about is the game I watched last night sitting at my desk really wanted to watch uh, the the showdown between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady which, yep. was, which was okay it was a good game the uh, a matchup so significant that Michael Jordan did a commercial for it incredible a, a really really well done commercial Michael Jordan doesn't even do basketball commercials bro <laughs> This, and he did one for football. This paycheck must have been fat. <laughs> like, hey, we want you to mention you're the greatest of all time. And we want you to tie it into N- NFL football. Okay, how much are you paying me? Ah, $15 million. Okay, sure. Right? Like, um, do you know what the number was? That I don't. Okay. No, but it. I, I would not be surprised if, if it was north of nine digits. Because when you think about this, okay. So I think a good comparison to this is kind of LeBron and Kobe. How many times did LeBron and Kobe play against each other? Uh, During the regular season, I was like twice, twice a year kind of thing, right? Yeah. So maybe um, like they never saw 12, each other in the playoffs. 12 to Sixteen times, right? Yeah. So Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, even to somebody that doesn't follow the NFL, they are two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, right? Yep. Yeah. They. This was the second time they've played each other ever. Ever last night, so like I, I do get the hype. If if you're a network that has two of these transcendent quarterbacks uh, on the docket on your program, you might want to shelve out uh, how many million dollars to Michael Jordan to try and pump it up. And they did a fairly good job for a 30 second spot. I'm into it. Yeah, uh, no, I'm totally into it too. Uh, because it was well done, and they got a response out of LeBron James uh, saying he's ready. That was pretty cool. Um, but please continue. So you're. You know, uh, settling down, you know, chilling, uh, looking to watch some NFL football, and what happened? I was distracted. By? By a guy named Abaka, who had, I think it was 24 points in the first quarter against the Los Angeles Lakers, and this is the Raptors playing without Kawhi, up 30 points 
Really? 12 minutes into this game. 12, 30 points after the first quarter. It was unbelievable. Yeesh, okay. Yeah, and the, that's I, I knew we were going to record tomorrow, or uh, last night. And when I'm watching this game, 42 to 17 in the first quarter. <sighs> My God. And the to be fair to the Lakers, they did uh, they did bring it closer throughout the game, and uh, it did end uh, closer than it absolutely looked. One twenty one one oh seven is the final score. But the Raptors now nine and one early on in the season, and this is the first time. I mean, la- last year was fairly close to feeling confident about the finals. LeBron was still there. Obviously, his his team did not look good. Remember, they just made that big Kyrie trade. It was not the same team. The Celtics were coming into their... To, to, eh. The Celtics were coming into their own. Tatum was not Tatum yet. Yeah. But this year, man... This is the year. They demolished a LeBron James team without their best player. And they are just demolishing teams all over the place. I think it's legit. I think, think it's, it's le- really, really legit. Now, a lot of people have said this is legit for a couple of years now. Um, I think you and I have always had our hesitations of this team come playoffs. And uh, not just you and I, but basically every Raptors fan in the world who is not uh, delusional has had their issues with the Raptors not being able to surpass a LeBron James team, which is totally normal. This year, you think this is the year because, one, they don't have to deal with LeBron James in the playoffs, and two... On paper, this is the most talented Raptors team ever. They are ready to make a finals jump. And you know what? I was really excited about this over the summer. Once the DeMar sadness passed. Yeah, the grieving. Exactly. Once that passed, and you mentioned on paper, like looking at this roster, going on Roto World, looking at the depth chart and stuff like that, they absolutely look stacked. Yeah. The thing is, 10 games in, Forget the on-paper comment. They're showing everything they're supposed to be in more. Yeah. They're completely dominant on the on the defensive end. Uh, on offense, they're moving the ball. They're shooting fantastic from the beyond the arc. They're playing fast. Kyle Lowry is distributing the ball at an unprecedented rate for himself as well as uh, he's like breaking franchise records already. I believe uh, nine out of the ten games so far this season, he's had ten or more assists. I think he had 10 assists in the first half last night. And for this Lakers team that is supposed to be the upcoming team with one of the greatest players of all, the greatest player of all time on the squad, they they just picked them apart at, at, at every moment. Uh, Brandon Ingram did not look like an NBA basketball player last night. Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, uh, this Raptors team. And, and it's guys like DeLon Wright and OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Kawhi didn't play last night. Yeah. And they were up by 20-whatever uh, after the first quarter. It, it's unbelievable, man. It, it's it's so real. It's so real that Brian Windhorst already has made accommodations in June. Is in it Toronto. really real? It's really, really real. Really, 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 really real. Um, I just, I had that moment last night. That you're like, oh my God, this is a special team. Exactly. Good, good. I'm very happy to hear that. Um, you said Ibaka had 34 uh, how was he getting his points? Oh my god, just abusing Zubac. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it was so yeah. bad. Like Javale can't play forty-eight minutes a game, right? No, and someone has to play at the back end for that Lakers defense. That's true. 
So they've been putting in Zubach. They just acquired, I, I think it's official now, Tyson Chandler uh, after the oh, yeah, buyout from buyout. Phoenix. That'll be big for them because yeah. Zubach is an NBA player right now. But Abaka, any miss, he'd clean it up, put it back in. He would pump fake from the three-point line, do a couple dribbles. He did a lot of his work inside. That's why his percentage was so high, and I think he broke a record. Uh, he hit his last four shots in their previous game, and then he hit his first 14 shots in the Lakers game. What's kind of messed up, if he hit his first 14 shots, he ended up 15 of 17. So he didn't miss <laughs> yeah. until like the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. Um, he definitely cooled off because like that was a majority of the first half. And, and they credit to Luke Walton, who's on the hot seat that I, I'm sure we'll get to in our, our short episode today about they did make some adjustments and he did slow down a little bit. They did get closer. I think they were just kind of fed up of like, oh man, we're just getting our butts kicked right now. But yeah. I think a big thing about Nick Nurse, um, and this is one of the big points that I wanted to bring up today. Do you remember when Steve Kerr took over the Warriors? Oh, yeah. The caterpillar and the butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, me a, tell me a few things you remember about the butterfly. Uh, I remember we were genuinely serious that, like, uh, we had issues. We had serious issues with Mark Jackson's coaching style. And uh, Steve Kerr was in between the New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors. And I believe the New York Knicks would not match the monetary value, but we were all kind of saying, this is the guy that unlocks it. This guy has played NBA basketball. He understands the value of the three-point shot. Mark Jackson has kind of outgrown this team, or this team has outgrown Mark Jackson. Right. Uh, that's what I was thinking at the time. Is there something I'm missing? Do you remember who their starting uh, power forward was? Oh man, uh, do do got a big contract. He was an All Star actually. David Lee. Before. David Lee. David Lee. Now I'm watching this Toronto Raptors team. Oh, I know it's coming. Okay, please continue. And I real and in a of the the reason not the reason but one of the reasons why he had such a great night is that he it, he was playing the five right. Yep. Jonas was coming off the bench. Yep. And they started OG. Yep. They started Siakam. I really think that Nick Nurse came in and said, this is the adjustment we need to make. I don't have, yes, he was assistant coach. He has been there for a few years with uh, the Raptors, but compared to Casey, Casey almost, he he had this team for so long, specifically with Jonas, where he's like, hey, you're my starting center. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a fluid starting lineup versus a set starting lineup. Exactly, right? And Nick Nurse was able to come into this year and say, Okay, I'm allowed to do things different because I'm a different coach, right? And I think Jonas has kind of figured out who he is in this league, for better or for worse. You know, like he's not going to get extremely... He's not going to have like a most improved season out of nowhere. He knows Ness Valanciunas. <laughs> That's why you're here, man. I hate myself. <laughs> Please continue. So Nick Nurse comes in, new coach. He And I know David Lee had that injury, so Steve Kerr was able to put Draymond Green into the starting lineup, but... I think this move that he's doing with the the fluid starting lineup with either Ibaka or Jonas starting at the five, and they're either starting uh, between the three, Kawhi, OG, and Siakam. I think that's kind of being that's going to be what unlocks this team is is playing with those kind of guys, having Ibaka start at the five, having Jonas come in, and though just he could play from the what the four minute mark left in the first quarter to. He played eight minutes a half. Yeah. To close on your point, actually, um, uh, before before all this, uh, 
uh, I, I didn't let you finish because uh, I mentioned that he was 15 for 17, but Serge Ibaka broke the record for consecutive field goals, I believe, because he had four from the previous game and then 14 in a row at this yes. game. Yeah. Um, good. I just wanted to close on that quickly. Um, and then the other thing was that with okay for example i want I'll, i'm thinking this through i want you to name your ideal closing lineup for the boston celtics okay easy Kyrie. okay you got the jbs right yeah you got, you got jalen and then you got um uh frick uh jason tatum sorry jbjt yeah gordon hayward gordon hayward and the big guy al, al horford. horford yes those are the five the best thing about that lineup is that no one's over 6'10". Um, no one's like, I guess Kyrie is small, but yeah. other than that, they're all 6'8". Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this is my 2K theory. You know when you adjust your player to be taller, they get slower, yes. but they get better assets elsewhere? Yep. When you adjust your player to be shorter, they get faster, but they lose strength and other things. We're moving to the league because the way the game is played now... Um, and I was very happy uh, and thankful to call the University of Manitoba Bison's games with you and uh, shout out to John Goda's sports info uh, for Bison Sports. Um, we saw it, we, we see it across all basketball, that pace and the game has changed fundamentally. Yes. Uh, you see it in pickup basketball because people just huck shots now. <laughs> you, you see it in uh, club basketball. Uh if district were still a thing, uh, or I guess that is club. The club is assimilated into uh, district now. Um, we see it across all boards in basketball. Pace and uh, distance shooting has fundamentally changed. But also with that, because of pace, it's kind of phasing out a more archaic, slower individual. And obviously we've, we've spoken multiple times before about the changing of the center, but it's also the changing of the basketball teams make up overall because if you have six guys uh, I, I mean five guys six one to six nine that's way more ideal right now because those guys theoretically if you're thinking 2k these guys theoretically will have higher endurance than anyone who's taller than that uh, and they won't give up the uh, they won't give up uh, height in any way because you're playing at a pace that will allow you to outrun the team or outlast the team, right? The Raptors moving Serge Ibaka, who's their tallest guy, 6'9", uh, on their floor, to the center role. That oh, This is a fire beat. <laughs> um, that opens up those those wing positions. Wings are so valuable, valuable in the NBA. If you have Kyle Lowry at 6 feet, Kawhi and Danny Green at 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and then uh, OG at 6'6", Sayakam at 6'7", 6'8", right? Like, those guys... Those uh, are their, like, in-sock numbers, too. You probably had, like, three inches to each of those Exactly, yeah. yeah. So all of those guys, like, put together, they are set up for the new version of basketball. And Nick Nurse having the, quote-unquote, fluid lineup, that's just a better way of saying, oh, our basketball tactics are actually matching what a basketball team should play like, right? He doesn't... He came in and automatically set this in. He didn't have to worry about egos or anything. Dwayne Casey credits to him. He's one of the best player coaches in the league. And part of player coaching is massaging egos. Scott Brooks, uh, Dwayne Casey, right? That sort of play, that sort of coach style. Uh, Nick Nurse, he may be a great player coach. Uh, I still like uh, we've got glowing reviews of him so far, but 
he's doing a very good job instilling not new basketball, but proper basketball ethics and norms. We play to the team we're facing. And part of that game plan, we may not start Jonas Valanciunas. We may start Serge Ibaka. Or if they have a big bruiser, we may start Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka, right? So that that's definitely changing and may have unlocked this team. And I'm really excited to see what they have for it. And what a luxury too, right? Yeah. I mean, like we're talking about the Celtics a little bit. You absolutely just start a Baca on Horford and then exactly. you match up down. You're playing the Pistons. You put your big bruisers in because you're playing Drummond and Griffin. Exactly. Amazing. Like being able to being able to be so fluid with that roster is just not only a testament to Nick Nurse and just decision making, but Masai for putting these all together. Like this didn't just happen. These yeah. were just little moves year by year. Like what's the big splashy move he made? Right this summer was his first big splashy move. Yeah. You know, uh, getting a first round pick for Bargnani, <laughs> pretty sweet. I mean, right? he's a finesser. He's a finesser. <laughs> uh, uh, unbelievable trade, but he hasn't done anything splashy until he just nabbed uh, Kawhi and Danny Green. And you know what? I've made a thing for myself. I am never going to talk about that trade just as a Kawhi trade. Danny Green is so big for this team. Oh, for sure. Oh, like, it's the Kawhi and Danny trade. Yeah, when they uh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life uh, watching basketball is the double block the double chase down block that Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard had, uh, both off the glass. Uh, I forgot who was against, but it was just like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, you know the play I'm talking about. I was about watching that game. That what game was that? Yeah. It was a good game, too. But it was definitely like a fist pump, like, yes, these are the guys that are on our squad now. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing Masai's done really well. To, uh, if you haven't noticed, by the way, uh, this is the Raptors episode. Just, oh, just, yeah. just letting you know. Man, they're 9-1. We are recording an NBA podcast in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We're going to talk about the raps. Yeah. Um, how did they get Pascal Siakam? Yeah, they drafted him. What was he, like 27th or something? How did they get OG Ananobi? Draft. How Late did draft. they get Fred Van Vliet? Late, no, undrafted. How did they get DeJuan Wright? baby. Uh, draft, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess they signed CJ Miles. I guess that's a free agent signing. How did they get Norman Powell? Yeah, draft. Yeah, this team is really well put together because Masai is also trusting his scouts and himself was a scout. And OG wasn't even a lottery pick, was he? Like He was, he was right 22nd, out. I think. Yeah, he was like right outside. Um, Crazy. And he fell because of injury. A lot of people were scared of that injury. And not only did OG Ananobi return before uh, projected, you know, uh, he returned the same season he was drafted, right? Right. So huge, huge the best thing about Masai is the fact that he takes calculated gambles. Yes. And these have all paid off. His luck won't continue as all, you know, everyone runs out of luck eventually. But how much of it is luck and how much of it is just proper scouting? Yeah, I, I, there's luck in everything, right? And he'd yes. be the first one to say that. But I absolutely think that his, his, not only his experience, but his proven track record of the moves he's made. And you can even go back to Denver. You know, like, he's the one that pulled that New York trade. To set them up for the conference finals. They stole half of New York's roster that year. That's true. He set the Nuggets to be what they are right now. For three months <laughs> of, <laughs> of uh, Mellow. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I think a lot goes to Masai. And another thing, too, um, I remember Kevin O'Connor, the, the blow-it-up guy from the ringer, it, 
I think it was probably less than 18 months ago where he was saying, let's just blow up the Raptors. You could right now look at this roster and you could either package the young guys for a, a big piece. Like, let's say you trade one of your point guards, um, Norm Powell, and a pick for Jimmy Butler or something like that. Yeah. You can do that and, and go absolutely all in on this season. You can. Or they could shift to have one of the youngest teams and still competing from, like, if you got rid of Lowry, Danny Green, like, all their vets kind of thing, they would still have a super good young team. Siakam. Oh, yeah. Right? They're point guards. You got Norm Powell there. You got OG. You still have a playoff playoff potential team. It's an incredible roster. Just incredible roster. <sighs> Big fan. Big I'll, fan. On the other end last night. We could talk about this at the end. Because it's it's the hottest it's the hottest thing around because not only did Magic Johnson apparently berate Luke Walton. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh they just got demolished last night and it seems like that's kind of a trend. They the Lakers have not been playing very well. Um four and six. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like what what are your early thoughts on this Lakers squad? Expect like in comparing to your your thoughts before the season started. What LeBron, what new LeBron team has ever done well to start? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, none of them really. Yeah. It's going to take an adjustment to get used to playing with the best player, arguably. I'll just say best player. Um, this is going to take a while, especially because your best player works best as the ball handler. You have a lot of players who could definitely benefit from having the ball in their hands a little more. Uh, Rondo, Lonzo, yeah, Ingram, yeah, Josh Hart's a ball handler. Exactly. So how do these guys adjust to playing off ball? You're asking guys who held the ball their entire lives, basically, to now give up 15, 20% of their usage. Yeah. How's that going to happen? It's going to take a few months. Totally. So starting four and six is not an issue. Um, if anything, Magic and, and, and Walton... Uh, talking trash to each other that isn't that par for the course right we don't really see how many arguments and fights there are in the NBA the only ones that make it out are the ones that are legendary the Jimmy Butler one right like um, and what, after, after the, the ones that that need to get out from a reporter basically being yeah. like hey this happened let, let someone know yeah how much of it how much can stay internal I'm sure there's fights and arguments every day in practice these guys have huge egos because they're the best players in the world right um and some people just won't take shit like that right so with all of that added together walton and magic like those are two basketball geniuses especially magic he's one of the greatest of all time right so you're gonna have your disagreements especially because the team hasn't started well you just need to basically put a spark plug on these guys and if Magic has some creative differences to Walton, I'm sure he'll voice them, right? Um, that's not unusual. And with the Lakers possibly moving into a next chapter of what the team is going to be, because, man, they're, they're set to make trades for sure. This is not the same team that will be the same team in February after the trade deadline. So I think they're going to have to offload some players. Who do they offload? Do you like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a player and... Stay on a scale of one to five. How much you like them beside LeBron? Okay, Brandon, like sticking with LeBron for this 
apparently this championship run that's going to happen in a couple years, right? Yeah. Okay. Brandon Ingram. Uh, three out of five. Three out of five. So like, you think he can work with him, but as of right now, it's just very murky. Not a perfect fit, but he's talented. Okay. Lonzo Ball. Four. Ability to pass. Yeah. Uh, selflessness. Yeah. Basketball intelligence. Kyle Kuzma. Five. Yeah, I think perfect. J.R. Smith replacement gets buckets. Uh, out almost like Kevin Love light. You know, like he's he's not going to be a, the rebounder that Kevin Love is. But as far as like just pick and pop potential and his ability to move off the ball as well, he's right up there. And you're going to say Hart right away. If Hart's also a five, I think Hart and Kuzma are the keepers. Really, really well beside him. Okay, I don't think they need the ball to be. Like yes, they're they're both scorers. They can both hit the three point shot, which is another big thing beside LeBron. But they move without the ball, right? And true. Hart can definitely play defense. Kuzma's not there yet, but uh, I think they're really good fits uh, beside LeBron compared to the other two. Okay, Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, Hart. Who's the most talented? Ingram. Okay, so that's your best trade chip. Absolutely. Who do you move Ingram for? That's the grand question that Magic's. Yeah, and I mean, at. I'm like anyone, right? Where I love, I love hearing the names. Yeah, you know, and uh, there's there's some teams that are dumpster fires right now, especially in Washington, which really gets me thinking about what Bradley Beal would look like on a Lakers Ooh, squad. Ooh, a Beal and a pick for Ingram. Because is Beal not a different kind of 2018 version of Wade? Oh, I think it's a little generous given the athleticism. Okay. Um. I think Beal's a better shooter. Yeah. But in terms of the guard who works beside LeBron, yes. That that's pretty apt. And and that's the kind of container I'm 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 putting him in, you know, and yeah. the reason I say 2018 is because instead of taking 18 footers, he's taking 22 footers. Yeah. And he can handle the ball, you know, when Wall was out last year, the pick and roll that uh, Beal and Gortat Everybody going, eats. Absolutely, man. Uh, it looked really really good. Another name that kept coming up is uh Dame Lillard. Oh yeah, so Dame, uh, Dame recently actually Loki kind of took a shot at uh, at the Lakers. I love Dame. Yeah, Dame's. The I best. love Dame. He's he's crawled up my like favorite players on and off the court list. Yeah, he's uh he's not just absurdly loyal to the team he plays for, uh, and the city he plays for, uh, but I mean Dame Dollar man, he's he's got he's got the swag, he's got the rap, uh, he's got the charisma, uh, in terms of offensive workload unbelievable his ability to hit shots there's only one player you mentioned who has the range like Steph Curry and it's valid it's Dame Lillard no doubt yeah so seeing that beside LeBron James would be quite fun but the same thing pops up who handles the ball yeah how do you handle the ball but I I feel like LeBron wants somebody like that like that's why I think he was so happy to play beside Kyrie yeah which I think when I think yeah Lillard is basically an A- minus Curry yeah. Right. I think he's right there with Kyrie. They both do different things better mm -hmm. than one another. Yeah. Um. But for somebody that I think is not only in the perfect spot in his career to be a second fiddle to LeBron, which I think is a big part of this too, right? Because it really sounds like guys like Kawhi and and Butler and maybe KD, they don't want to go play with LeBron because they want to be their own guy on their own team. Yeah. So, which is ironic have, given KD, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to take a step back and say, maybe it's those second guys, like that second tier guy, like 
Lillard, even though he's first team All NBA, yeah, or or Beal, that would be okay with going for this championship, playing beside LeBron. Absolutely. What's the player in the top twenty who's okay being a second fiddle? Who? What's the player in the top ten who's okay being a second fiddle? That's the question that Magic has to figure out. Yeah. And is Ingram talented enough to? to persuade Magic to keep him and does he develop that way or is he just a very valuable trade chip? I think he's a very valuable trade chip. I, I I can actually see Ingram in a Blazers uniform like in my head right now. I can too. Uh, it looks I, pretty dope. I think it just kind of makes a lot of sense and if you're able to, I, I'm not sure where Lonzo fits. If Lillard's there, he doesn't, you know. Um, I think Rondo would be a great backup point guard for Lillard. Yeah, but, it's just the same as Lonzo, high basketball IQ. Yeah, without a doubt, right? Um, but if you can get the most bang for your buck for, um, for sorry, for Lonzo and for Ingram, and then you can keep Hart and Kuzma on cheap deals and just be fantastic role players that can play 30 minutes a game against whoever, I think that's the best case scenario. And then maybe you bring in some other guy, um, B minus free agent, maybe you get Middleton or something. Um, That'd be a pretty hot score. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. But uh, it, it's going to be really interesting. And um, it's it's funny how we're all kind of like we had the, the Spolstra, the Bumpgate kind of thing, right? Um, Bumpgate. There's always something. And uh, this year we had the, the Walton getting yelled at yeah. <laughs> by magic and stuff. But I like what you said. I think it's just I think it's just two grown men kind of figuring it out together, right? And we'll figure it out ourselves. 101.5 UMFM, this has been Gamer Runs. Thank Ooh. you so much for tuning in to us. Another great app, my friend. Absolutely, man. Enjoy the NBA hoopsers. Thanks for tuning in here on 101.5 UMFM.